you would never imagine meeting a white supremacist in China. I mean, I don't know why I didn't start with that. That's a great, like, a great hook. <laughs> What is it like to live in a foreign country? What kind of challenges will one encounter? If you are curious about the experience of living in a foreign nation, keep listening. In this episode, Zachary, who has been living in China for over four years, will tell you what is it like to live in China as an expat. Welcome to Probably Not Legit Podcast. I'm your host, Alia. This podcast is about us as interracial couple who are eager to discuss some serious and not so serious topics about everyday life in China from our own perspectives. I came to China in September of 2016. And... Before that time, um, I, I had a really bad accident and then I ended up back at my parents' house. So I was basically living there. I had a job eventually working in a psychiatric hospital for teenagers and teaching English online. The work situation was not the best. The job was pretty stressful. Uh, but teaching online was, it was manageable, wasn't too bad. So when they posted an uh, offer for a job on, on their website uh, for someone to come to Beijing, I, I was like, I'm not going to get this job, but I'm going to apply anyway. And that was the only job, well, actually, it's not true. That was only the one of two jobs that I applied for uh, in China. And I had a couple interviews and they offered me the job. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna get the heck out of Pennsylvania and I'm gonna come to China. Um, and then the whole visa process was very, not necessarily difficult, but the company had no idea what they were doing, very clearly. Um, they wanted me to enter, come to China initially on a tourist visa. So I bought the plane ticket. I got a tourist visa. And then they were like, no, you need to get like a work visa. Um, basically changed the whole deal. I had to cancel the tourist visa, get a different visa. The whole process ended up taking several months to do. And then I finally arrived in China. But Another aside, before I arrived in China, I noticed that the guy who hired me from the company was no longer working for them. And I contacted him and I'm like, I'm like, man, what's, uh, what's going on? He's like, oh, he got, he's like, I got fired. <laughs> I was like, oh man, what happened? But basically the guy got fired and he was working at a different company. Um, so to make my life fun and challenging I basically scheduled an interview not an interview but I was going to meet him at his new workplace um, on a Monday and I was arriving in China on the Saturday but the company I was actually supposed to work for they didn't even know I was in China um, they thought I was going to arrive on Monday so basically I arrived in China on a Saturday in September of, of 2016. 
And because I didn't want my company to know I was there, I went to a hostel instead of staying in the hotel that they were paying for. Um, and then on the Monday, I went to meet that guy at the place where he had the office where he was working. And then eventually, long story short, they wouldn't be able to sponsor my visa because it's a strange deal. I don't know the details, but the company you start the visa process with, you have to go and work for them at least for a certain period of time to like finish the whole process. So on that Monday, four o'clock in the afternoon, I went to VIP Kid where I literally showed up. Um, the HR obviously didn't tell anyone I was coming. I arrived and I walked in and there were like 20 people that were all working on this like third floor area. They all turned around, they look at me and they're like, hello. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Zachary. And they're like, oh, you're here. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've arrived. Um, it seems like they had kind of forgotten that I was coming or they just figured it was never going to happen because it had been so long since they hired me. They had officially hired me in like March. Um, but by the time, you know, getting the tourist visa and then canceling that and getting the work visa and everything, it, it was basically like six months later. Um, so then I basically, I was there. They put me up in this like kind of motel style thing near the office. And I started my life in, in China. Um, I don't know, in terms of living here, the first month was definitely the most, not bizarre, but very challenging because I had to find a place to live. Um, they set me up with uh, a person to help me navigate finding places to live. And I, I had no idea really like what I was doing. And the person who was helping me with the whole process, it seemed like she didn't really know either. <laughs> uh, she was kind of taking me to these different random places. And I had some bizarre experiences, actually. Uh, literally, the very first apartment I went to visit with some guys um, and the woman who was assisting me, we, we, we go into this neighborhood um, not too far from VIP Kid. And... Um, we go in and it's it's a it's a decent place and they're saying it's like thirty five hundred a month and I had no idea if that was a good price or not. Um, I was a little bit skeptical. I thought maybe it should be cheaper, but it it actually turned out to be a really nice place. And I'm like, hey, this is actually seems like a pretty good deal. I should take it. And I was literally almost gonna live there, and some woman comes, literally like. A, a woman who lived in the area walks in and starts giving giving the guys some crap who were like showing me the apartment, saying things like, oh, he can't live here. He's an American. The police are going to be coming by. No, no, you can't let him live here. No, no, this is bad. You have to leave. And then we just left. And I was I asked the woman, what was the woman like? What was going on? They're like, oh, she said that because you're American, you can't live here. It's going to be a police problems with the police. And I was like, okay. Um, 
And I, I was a little bit shocked by that. And it just seemed like a rather unusual situation. And literally the very first apartment I visited to have that happen was definitely a bit of a, a shock turnoff. But because I was there, I was going through so many transitions at that time, it just kind of went right past me. Um, another place I visited was this kind of like very, I don't know. It was like a very big room and there were like 20 chairs kind of lining the room. And I was literally, it was kind of dirty and not very nice, but I was like, whatever, it's a place to live. It seems fine. But then I didn't take it because there was no bathroom in the apartment. <laughs> and I asked them if they would fix the bathroom in the hallway. And they were like, no, it's, this is how it is. And I'm like, okay, bye. Uh, eventually I ended up staying in this apartment. It's uh, it's from like this thing called Zoom. Basically this company owns like thousands of different apartments all over the city. And it's very convenient. It's very easy. And I ended up living there. Um, so then I just kind of settled into, I guess, like a normal routine uh, here in China, which is work and life and normal routines where you are anywhere. Um, and I started discovering some nightlife as well. Now, when I first came to China, I guess I was a little bit wild uh, in terms of drinking and going out and partying. Um, I would go out most Friday and Saturday nights, get a little bit crazy. Uh, but I feel like that's that's not, that's not a common thing. But when you're in a new place and you're working and you 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 finally have disposable income after like so long of being pretty poor, um, I guess it's uh, something you do, right? Um, but then that didn't last for very long. Winter came, and then I kind of settled into this normal routine um, of work, home, and back and forth, and so on. Um, I guess the things that I liked most about China at that time were just um, the people I met, you know, my coworkers. And there's the area around where I worked was was a very like different area in terms of the hutongs and places to hang out and so on. Um, although I do have a very bizarre experience about meeting a white supremacist in China, which is quite possibly one of the most bizarre experiences of my entire life. Because you would never imagine meeting a white supremacist in China. I mean, I don't know why I didn't start with that. That's a great, like, a great hook. <laughs> um, but I'll tell the story because it's just really interesting. Uh, so there was this um, kind of small shop in the Hutongs called Wine and Dance. Now, Wine and Dance was a very small shop, but what they had was uh, an area outside where you could sit. And they had, with the, on the weekend, they would have like 10, 15 tables lined up against this wall. And it was, it was almost like an outdoor club, I felt like, like an outdoor restaurant because they would sell alcohol inside and then people would sit outside and drink. So many people would be sitting there that the, the lane would, would get blocked sometimes. Um, 
so I'm sitting there one Friday night with um with with I think it was a, a coworker of mine, and then Alia came later on. Um, I I don't know if she she was with a friend or I think she came by herself. But anyway, I was sitting with my coworker and Alia, and there was this other foreigner, and he came up and he sat down, and I don't know, we just started talking, and then he said something that seemed really offensive. Um, and I basically asked, like my coworker basically asked him, like, are you, are you a white supremacist? And the guy, the guy blatantly said, yes. Now I'm generally, um, a person who avoids conflict at all costs uh, so in that situation, I was basically kind of t- looking at Alia being like, yo, let's just go. Um, and I'm basically getting up to leave and I'm basically walking away. And then my friend though, he's not someone like that. He's not afraid of conflict. And he basically punches the guy and gets into a fight in the middle of the street with this guy. And I'm kind of standing there looking at what's going on. And I'm like, no, this is this is crazy. And then there's someone sitting next, like, no, don't go, don't go in. Anyway, I went, I went back to where, where my friend was basically fighting the guy, and I pushed them apart. And then the white supremacist guy, he basically ran away. And then Everyone who was there were basically left because they thought the police were going to come, which is interesting because the bar, the wall. So there's the there's the store, there's the lane, and then there's a wall, and on the other side of the wall is some kind of like military building. Police never came, <laughs> um, but my friend, we went inside. Those we went back. We went in the store. We didn't just leave strangely enough we went in the store we got some booze and then we left <laughs> um because it was like so bizarre it's like yo we need some drinks now <laughs> um but yeah one of the the most bizarre experiences meeting a white supremacist on the streets of beijing would never have expected that um and there 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 haven't there there have not been other, I, I have not had other experiences like that, uh, at least on the negative side. I've had positive experiences like that in terms of discovering certain bands and music that it's, it's like, wait, what? I'm in Beijing right now and I'm listening to this like awesome guitar player or this like far out music. It's experiences like that that remind you that Beijing is, is a very multicultural city that has a large community of foreigners, even if it's gone down recently, it's still it's still a lot of people. So they bring music and the culture, and then you get to experience this kind of like quasi-cultural aspects of things that I don't think you would find anywhere. Um, you might find bits and pieces of it in different parts of the world, but, you know, finding, you know, this, you know, Brazilian person and this... Italian guitar player with this Chinese drummer in the same band, it's really unusual in, in a lot of places, except maybe for the U.S. where you might find that. But 
here it's also it also happens um and i think sometimes people maybe forget that as well that you know there there's a probably some kind of overarching stereotype about china being very closed on you know maybe more recently it it has been because of the you know with the coronavirus lockdowns and so on but before all of this i mean you you have a very um vibrant multicultural enclaves i would say in different places so i feel like i've been rambling on here for a bit um i'm just going to wrap this wrap this deal up by talking about um just exploring around because it's a fairly common thing when you're in a new city on a new continent to just explore i've done this in jordan and turkey uh croatia and it's always a very similar kind of experience uh because you have no idea what you're going to find um just the joy of walking down a new street that you've never been on before and not knowing what you're going to find and then you find this really interesting hole in the wall type bar full of italian expats it's like wait what how did this italian bar end up here and then walking down another street and finding this kind of uh really unique live music place that is supposed to resemble like a speakeasy uh type thing where you have to like go up these really narrow stairs and down these other narrow stairs just to get to the the venue definitely a fire hazard but no one ever seemed to mind and i've never seen anyone fall down those steep narrow stairs which is shocking considering the amount of alcohol people drink at this place called modernista where they have those narrow stairs um but yeah i mean it's definitely beijing is one of these places that it's a huge clash of new newer and then things that are kind of old but not really but an old maybe style so for example when you're in certain areas of beijing and you have the hutongs where you have this very unique really small narrow streets and five lane roads on each side and you know big buildings and just very modern and sleek um and you find that literally 10 minutes apart from each other contradictions maybe or like different modes of being and living in one city is is definitely interesting but i think you find that in a, in a lot of cities as well uh where there's any place where people have lived for any period of time you're going to find the the old mixed in with the new and you don't know what you're going to find around the corner signing off Well, that'll be all for today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Zachary has a lot of experience, but then I don't think it's possible to cover everything in one podcast. So if you're interested, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Follow us on our Instagram platform, probably not legit, and we will see you next time.